Welcome to PointCast, and thank you so much for tuning in to the podcast that focuses on the voice of voters. In studio today, we have J.C. Day, who is here to talk about the issues that concern her when she goes to the polls to vote. Uh, And we're just going to go through some of those issues. You're going to kind of lead the way for us, J.C. Uh, But before we go too far, if you could introduce yourself to the audience, tell us a little bit about you and, you know, and where you're from. Okay, so uh, my name's JC. I'm from Indianapolis, Indiana. Uh, I'm 26 years old, and I'm in school right now for um, anthropology, specifically bioarchaeology, and I'm getting a minor in uh, linguistics and um, thinking about getting one in um, international studies as well. Wow, it's a lot going on. Yeah, yeah. So um, that is, is that particular interest in that study, what kind of got you into that area, if you don't mind me asking? Well, really, um, initially I was going for education, but education, I I just realized that was not (laughs) something that I wanted to do long term. Right, right. Um, It's good to find that out early. Yeah, yeah, before I had like a whole midlife crisis and then at 68, oh my God, I know what to do. Oh no, midlife at 30, right? (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, but I figured it out. And um, I realized that the main thing that I love to do, I love to learn about past cultures. I love to learn about the future of culture. I love to learn about um, people in general. And yeah, I thought that was a good thing to do because I don't just, um, I'm not just concerned about with, I'm not just concerned with American culture. I'm mm-hmm. also interested in a lot of other cultures as well. Mm-hmm. So I was like, I might as well have a degree that caters to that. So. so how do your interests fuel your thoughts about the issues that you kind of have at the forefront of your mind when you're voting, when you're thinking about who to vote for? You mentioned people and cultures and things like that. Yeah, so different people from different cultures being represented properly and having the having rights, um, having their own cultures, their own religions respected. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, I think that does play a part in my choice, um, my major. Um, just because, like, it, the way I see it, if you're going to study another ethnicity, if you're going to study another culture, if you're going to learn their language, you might as well have respect for them as people in general. Mm-hmm. And respect Absolutely. correlates to um, making sure that they have their rights secured as well. Mm-hmm. So, um, yeah. So I don't know if you heard, there's a governor in uh, Virginia, Governor Northam, and um, he has recently been accused of, uh, well, he admitted being in blackface as a Michael Jackson impersonator and, and doing some other things. And initially he apologized because there on his yearbook, of his medical school yearbook, on his specific page, there is uh, there are two people in costume. One is in a Klansman outfit and one is in blackface. Initially, one was thought to be him. Now he has decided that he's not going to resign. He didn't really take back the apology, but there's some misstepping around the issue of race, of uh, how white people handle race, um, sensitivity, how black people respond to these sorts of things. Do you have any thoughts? It's not really surprising that a political figure would do that, especially in this day and age where they feel like um, any thought or any um, opinion that they might have is absolutely valid, whether or not it's credible uh, credible or factual. Um, yeah, they just feel like, oh, I'm valid, so like this is this is who I am and you guys should just be okay with that um 
even though he didn't re- like retract his um, apology, it's very obvious that he's not all the way sorry for it, that he, in a lot of ways, he just did it to save face. At least that's how a lot of people feel. Mm-hmm. Um, that's how I feel about it. Okay. Would um, you want someone like him to step down to absolutely. to resign? I mean, what would that yeah. do? What would that say to you if, what does it say to you that he doesn't step down? Well, number one, it says that he doesn't have respect for black people because if you, like, if you cared about Michael Jackson that much, you would know that he would not like that. <laughs> like, so it just shows that he saw Michael Jackson more um, as a form of entertainment and not as an actual person, um, um, which is true for much of, which is true for the black community in general. I mean, a lot of us like people will see us and just be like oh black people i love black people no they don't they just like the idea of us Mm, um they don't care about us as people explain that a little bit when people like the idea of us so um that usually comes in the form of entertainment uh usually um with music um what as far as music goes as far as um which we call it sports things of that nature, a lot of people will say, oh, I like black people, I like this one sports player, Uh Um, which is to say they don't like black people, they just happen to follow this sports player who is black, so it doesn't mean that they like us, and usually um, when they equate, usually when they equate like something like that with black people, it just shows that they don't see us as individual people who do different things. Um, they just all equate us to like sports or to entertainment, mm. things of that nature. So then the global impact of that is thinking that all black people are that one way yeah. that they see them. Yeah. A good example of that would be um, would be Korea, actually. There's a huge hip-hop wave in Korea, but they don't really see it as hip-hop. They're just like, oh, this is black culture (laughs) a lot of them have a misconception with that and I'm not saying all of them because I have like I have met plenty of Korean people that are woke and that understand what's happening Mm -hmm. um but that would be a good example Mm -hmm. and how they use it um in k-pop and uh those different forms of entertainment and they equate black people to being strong um being talented in music not necessarily being smart or being good people Mm, but okay that's yeah. that's a big deal and you mentioned being woke uh. <laughs> <laughs> I don't like that term anymore I really don't because a lot of people a lot of us have overused it so I don't really like it too much but what is it what is it what did it mean to you um well it did mean just uh being aware of the reason why you might be treated a certain way mm. um being aware of the systemic problems um, that equate over into how we interact with each other. Mm-hmm. Um, I wouldn't necessarily apply it to just black people. Mm. I think that's rather short-sighted, and I'm I'm pretty sure a lot of people agree with me. Like, um, yeah, it's yeah. just it's just being aware of what's happening around you. So, in the governor's case in Virginia, he this was is not a, woke. He was not woke. <laughs> he does not qualify. No. And do you think that? Um, and this is another question. Do you think that? people can wake up? Do you think that they can make a mistake like that and be woke? Or do you think that once they cross that line, it's done? Uh, well, if you're if you're in a higher position like that, if you're in a political position or if you're um, in the entertainment sphere, mm-hmm. um, even though you can change, what you do impacts a lot of people. 
So even though you can be a better person later on, you still like perpetuated a stereotype. You still perpetuated um, an idea that is harmful to other people. So yeah, I do think people can change, but whether or not it's like good, yeah, it's good. Change is good. Mm-hmm. It is good. But mm-hmm. once you make that misstep, you've kind of messed it up for a lot of people. They will use that. Right. So if he stays in office, like a lot of people do, whose deeds, some of whom, some of which are not known <laughs> yet, but I'm sure we'll find out. If he stays in office, what can he do to make things right for someone like you? Is there anything? No. No. Okay. <laughs> he he, he so already the, messed up. Disappointed, messed not surprised, not going to have any faith in him. Mm-hmm. So yeah. redemption is outside of the office, not for the office. Yeah. Yeah. I okay, think so. Okay. You're working towards the betterment of other people. And mm-hmm. if you see them as this other, like this almost non-human, mm-hmm. then you like you can't really provide for them because you already see them as lesser. Mm-hmm. So you already assume that they don't need as much or don't deserve as much. And yeah, it's very, yeah. When you do something like that, when you paint your face to resemble another ethnicity, you're showing disregard, disrespect, mm-hmm. that you see them as an other mm-hmm. and not as good as you or your people. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. so that's that's classic racism. Is there a difference between racism and colorism? Yeah. What's the difference in your mind? Uh, well, racism usually applies to um, people outside, pe- people outside of your ethnicity. That's usually where it applies. Colorism, a lot of times, it's more in community mm-hmm. issues. Um, so you're like of the same ethnicity, but you have a problem with a person who's darker than you. Mm-hmm. Um, racism is systemic. So it does deal with actual systems in place to hold you back, even though colorism applies there too. But um, racism is kind of like looking at two names on the list and you see a white name, you see a black name, and you go for the black name to be crossed off. Mm-hmm. It's not really like a black person, well, are they light skin or dark skin? You're just seeing that initial, I having see. that initial I response. See. So JC, what is it that you are really passionate about as far as social issues? Um, one of the things I'm most passionate about right now is probably colorism. I'm looking a lot into that subject. Um, just the way that we separate ourselves and how, at least in the U.S., how slavery plays a part with that and how we've held a lot of those beliefs over into today, into 2019. Um, that's really interesting to me. And I I want society to change. I see that we're already making changes, but I just want it to move faster. <laughs> I just want it to happen faster. Um, yeah, but going into that subject, it's really interesting to me. What led you down the path of discovering the subject for you? Um, part of it was my friend. I have a friend named Tiffany, and um, I, I guess I'm medium-skinned, I guess, and uh, she's dark-skinned. And like one night we had the sleepover and she mentioned that one of the stresses that she has at school is how other people make fun of her because she's darker, not just because she's black, but because she's dark skinned. Mm -hmm. And that moment was kind of jarring to me. And it made me sad, too, because I realized that my best friend across from me was going through this the whole time and I had not noticed And then it made me start to think about my dad and my brother um, because me and my mom are lighter than them Mm -hmm. and what they might have had to go through 
-hmm. as a result. Our family never really made a comment about colorism. It was never really something that was brought up. We So naturally, I just didn't really pay attention to it. And just that conversation with her kind of opened my eyes and made me realize that, like, that this is the thing and I have a part to play in it. And it can either be a negative part or a positive part. 2020 election is coming up. Trump is in office. Would you vote for him? No. Okay. So would one of the reasons be because of colorism slash racism? It would be because of racism. Because That's of racism. one of the reasons, yeah. One of the reasons. Okay. Mm-hmm. Well, one of the reasons. You want to explore there? Are there other? <laughs> <laughs> uh, so, yeah, there is the uh, the racism itself, Um, his, problem, his problems with people that are not white. Um, even like having like questionable ideals about Asian people as well. So like, yeah, like, well, he's he just overall Asian racist. and black people in his cabinet, though. Yeah, he does, but that doesn't necessarily mean that um, he's for the betterment of them. Like anybody can do that. Like I'm not racist. I have a black friend, but that doesn't mean <laughs> that doesn't mean that you're not racist. It just means that you have a black person that you're cordial to. Mm-hmm. So. Um, yeah. yeah, like that's I think it's the same thing with his like they tried to save face by keeping other ethnicities in the group or maybe people that practice other religions. But when push comes to shove, he's just racist. You know what I don't understand is if black people or people of color, whatever minority group they belong to are considered lesser than then why go through the trouble of trying to save face <laughs> with those yeah. groups? Yeah, right? that's what I wonder, too. The votes, like our votes do count. So it does yeah. come back down to the votes. So, it does. Yeah. So when you go to the polls, we talked about colorism. What are some other issues that kind of spark, like spark your interest that kind of get your attention? Other issues. Uh, so with taxes, <laughs> <laughs> most definitely those taxes tax really cuts. at 26. <laughs> well. <laughs> how, do they, how do taxes affect the millennial? <laughs> Well, um, a lot of us are incredibly in debt, and it's really not fair for the upper class people to um, get all of these tax cuts when, like, we're down here suffering. We're just trying to get through school. We have to pay so much money just to go to one class, and um, all of that effort just to find out that tax cuts are going up to them who do not need it whatsoever, Mm. and they know they don't need it. Like, there was actually this article... Um, well, not an article. I actually saw a video about um, one of the descendants of uh, Disney. And she was talking about what the 1% do with their tax cuts. And she said that a lot of them didn't know what to do. So um, they were buying mega yachts. <laughs> <laughs> I thought they would be investing in the economy and no. creating jobs. Are you no. telling me that I should? <laughs> you, are you bursting my bubble? <laughs> You pretty much um, (laughs) never have they ever really invested in jobs or economy. Um, It's very few in that group. Yeah, there's the Warren Buffetts and the Mm -hmm. yeah, those those out there. So not to say that all of them are in that, but I'm sure there's a point to be made that you know that not everyone has that same thought pattern. Yeah. So taxation, taxes matter. So Mm -hmm. if you were to vote for someone in 2020. What do you want? You want tax cuts for millennials? I mean, what, <laughs> you, know, what, you wouldn't want them to give you bags of cash at the polls. What What does that mean for you? Well, And you talk about mm-hmm. debt or school debt. What yeah. does that mean for you? Well, um, 
really I just don't want any more tax cuts for the one percent and just uh-huh. just stop it like let's <laughs> just stop they don't need it it's so unnecessary um but what about help with college you know there are some industrialized nations where um, people like yourself they do work and they go to school but they don't have the costs that we do and they're industrial nations mm-hmm. Um, I was speaking to someone the other day and her nephew went to the Netherlands to go to college because he only had to pay 3000 a year. Um, and he's doing well. He's living in Europe now. But what if that were something that could be proposed? Is that something that you could lift up and support? Absolutely. Yeah. Just yeah. Uh, now with this semester, um, what my a- class is all together. I have, I'm taking three classes, uh-huh. and all together, it's a almost like four thousand dollars. Wow! Now, for them to think that we have four thousand dollars, they know we don't have that money, especially in this day, um, which is why they want you to take out loans and they want you to fall further in debt. Um, like on that standpoint, I would want debt to be forgiven. Uh-huh. I would most definitely want student debt to be forgiven, and. Um, a way for these classes to not cost as much money mm-hmm. for mm-hmm. them to for them to not raise those prices the um what should we call it the business people mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. that like raise the prices up that high because on these boards it's not really it's not educators right that right. are on these boards they're business people so they will hike up the price to get as much money as possible because that's their ultimate goal most of them have never teached a class in their um taught a class in their life mm-hmm. so mm-hmm. um So what about, there were a couple of folks who were talking, at least the last presidential election, about college being free for everyone. Do you think that's something that's possible? I think it's possible, and I think we should do it. (laughs) I think it's possible. You think it's possible, but that would, on the other side, that would raise, somebody has to pay for it. Yeah, and it would raise tax, um, it would raise taxes, but I see that in the line of medical care, Mm. like, Mm -hmm. Yeah, your taxes are higher, but at least you won't die from not being able to afford an insulin shot. Mm. Like, in that same breath, like, yes, your taxes will be higher, but at least all of your children will be properly educated Mm -hmm. in the way that they should be. Like, it shouldn't even be a discussion, honestly. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Right, right. Well, that might be something that would be visited or revisited. We'll have to see how that plays out uh, (laughs) in this upcoming election. So we talked about colorism, we've talked about taxes, we've talked about education expenses. What are some other issues that kind of, you know, that would, there are some issues that people just don't have an interest in. Mm-hmm. And, and you know, you hear about them, but they just don't affect your life. Mm-hmm. What are some issues that are affecting your life that you want legislators, politicians to pay attention to? Hmm. I mean, the main thing is, um the main thing is getting um, my loans. Um, the main thing is getting my loans uh, forgiven. Are you primarily using loans to go through? Are there any grants or scholarships available? I'm checking for scholarships now, mm-hmm. um, but a lot of them I don't qualify for. I'm still looking through them though, mm-hmm. just because like there's got to be something out there. I know there is. Right, I know there's right. some good ones, and um, plenty of people have told me that there's some good ones. So I just got to keep looking. And, um, uh, yeah, I just, the money is just so stressful. It's bad to, it's bad to say that I don't really focus out, um, on anything outside of my major Mm -hmm. and the finances, but that would just be a lie because that's what's really concerning me. It's what's 
like giving me so much anxiety just trying to get through that. And are you finding that to be something that your peers have dealt with or are dealing with? Yeah. Um, when you talk about a day in the life of a millennial, someone your age, some of those issues that are important to them as well, would they agree with you for the most part that they're having trouble as well financially with education? I think they would. Mm-hmm. Everyone except the trust fund babies, <laughs> I think so they would all they, agree. So what are they doing or what? how are they addressing these issues? The trust fund ba- I actually don't know. I usually don't hear from uh, me personally. I don't really know anybody that is a trust fund child. Oh, no, I mean people more mm-hmm. like yourself that are walking through and paying Oh, me like myself. Mm-hmm. Um, well, a lot of us are really saying the same things. Mm-hmm. We're just stressed about the finances. A lot of us are still living with our parents or we have one or two roommates because mm-hmm. we can't afford to be um, on our own. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, we're just like, okay, I'm going to get through this degree and then what? Mm-hmm. <laughs> like, so. what if nobody hires me because I don't have... Um, I don't have like 10 years experience like they want. Right, right. So how yeah. do you see your life unfolding in the next five, 10 years after you get your education, after someone has voted to make education free or forgive those loans? How do you see your life moving forward? Well, if that were to come to pass, it would be a lot happier, a lot less stressful, um, just because I wouldn't have to worry about like counting my dollars. Um, so hopefully I'd be in my field. I would at least take a few, um, I would at least take a few projects on. Um, and yeah, I'd just be working in my field, whether to earn money for retirement or maybe if I'm thinking of having children. Wait, wait, first yeah. there's taxes, now retirement? <laughs> Slow down. Because, well, <laughs> well, like actually getting out there in the world, I, um, getting out there in the world, I've started to almost respect money more Mm, you don't think about it much as a child because your parent is taking care of it or your guardian Mm -hmm. um so when you actually get out there and you're just like oh it's my money oh I don't have much of that like well if I did have money this is what I would do with it so that's kind of what that's kind of where I am I'm just like I would just be saving (laughs) (laughs) or whatever that's not that's not a bad thing that's Mm. not a bad thing um, when going back to um, the polls, because that's more that's coming up uh, in a shorter amount of time than 10 years from now. Mm-hmm. Uh, when you go to the polls uh, next November, where do you think you're going to land? Are you uh, like in a particular political party or are you issue oriented? Um, I I usually land more on the Democratic side. Mm-hmm. Um, I am issue-oriented, but, like, the issues always fall in line with the Democratic Party. Do they? Okay. Yeah, for the most part, I haven't seen anything about the Republican Party that made me go, hey, I actually want to switch. No. But <laughs> is there, when I hear you say that, you make it sound as though if they had a certain issue that intrigued you, you would go that way on that particular issue. Is that a correct assessment? Uh, not necessarily. Not nec- I think I would just be like, oh, yeah, I agree with that, but I still don't like y'all. That's <laughs> 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 so how I'd feel. Just be like, I'm still going to stay over here. Right. So, <laughs> so it sounds like a little suspicion. It, do you think that this is new as of the last presidential election, or do you think that this is something that's kind of always been there, in your opinion? Well, for me, my family has mostly been Democratic. Mm-hmm. Um, so I know I grew up with that, but once I had time to like research the information myself, mm-hmm. 
to look at what this party stands for and to look at what the other parties stand for, I realized nothing really lined up with that. So I was just like, okay, I'm going to stay over here on this side. I do think this last election, um, if I had any sort of hesitation, which I don't think I did, Uh um, it would have been solidified in this last election. Like, okay, you guys are a hot mess. Sorry. (laughs) (laughs) Like, which I don't think the Democrats are like, too much better mm-hmm. it's just um then why do you yeah. well and the reason why i was about to say why do you support them the reason why i bring all of this up is the governor in virginia is a democrat and um he has uh ha- or has had strong ties and strong support from the black community and he has lifted up a lot of the issues at least his voters have supported and they have supported him all the way through and some still support him even as he insists that he's going to, at least for now, stay in office. So with that being said, um, when you have a person or persons like that, does that not have an impact on you standing strong with your party? Um, Not necessarily. I I really don't like the idea of like us just having these two main parties, Um, but uh, I'm still, I still stand with the Democratic Party. I think that what he's doing is wrong. I don't think people should support him, and I would want him to step down from his position. Um, but yeah, I'm not going to leave the Democratic Party for that because the Republican side is just no. No, when you say it's just no, there's <laughs> nothing redeemable for you right now. Right now, no. On that, on international issues or. Um, what about the border wall? Do you support border security? No. No? Okay. <laughs> That's a short answer. <laughs> what about tax cuts? The president is giving tax cuts. He's giving tax cuts to the rich, though, to the well, upper he, classes. Okay. And okay. they don't trickle down. That's just a straight lie. <laughs> and I'm having trouble thinking of other things. What about health care? <laughs> <laughs> health care should be free. <laughs> I can't so sorry. <laughs> Well, you know, it's it's good that you know where you stand politically. And when you go to the polls, it's it's really important to know what's important to you. Mm-hmm. Um, so I appreciate you coming in today and sharing mm-hmm. what's important to you and giving a voice to people in your age group who might be going through some of the same things that you're going through, trying to go to school, trying to make it, trying to do the right thing, and are just challenged financially and probably not getting as much support as they should get. Uh, from their local state or federal government. So I hope that continues to, I hope you continue to go after your goals Mm -hmm. and are probably going to do some major dig in some countries (laughs) somewhere. That would be nice. That would be nice. Actually, part of the reason why I brought up Korea is because I've been considering um, doing some work there. Really? Oh, yeah. What's the draw to Korea? There's a lot of issues around Korea, at least North Korea right now. Yeah, there's a lot of issues going on with that. Mm -hmm. Mm-hmm. the draw initially was just really random. <laughs> um, there's this Netflix show. It's called um, uh, Chef's Table. And they did an episode with a Korean monk. Ah. And, like, she was just talking about the food, and she was so passionate about her beliefs. And I just wanted to learn more about it. And I oh. wanted to learn more about Korean food. The best way to learn about that is language. And then everything else just kind of... Language, <laughs> culture, people, yes. Mm-hmm. It's always a beautiful thing when people have such a love for themselves. Mm-hmm. Because it seems from my experience that they are more open to others. Mm. 
And um, so I can see how that kind of had an effect on you. So mm-hmm. that would probably be a nice trip for you to take someday. You yeah. have to save up probably. Yeah, I would. <laughs> I would. Well, thanks again for coming and sitting with me here at PointCast. And I'd like to thank all of our listeners who have been uh, listening to our shows and supporting us. And please feel free to, if you know JC, reach out to her. <laughs> <laughs> Give her a pat on the back and encourage her to continue on her way. Thank you so much again, JC. I appreciate it. You're welcome. Thank you.